Hi, Darren Smith. Episode 17 of the Always Loyal Podcast is here. What's coming up? Hi, Jordan Carruth. El Presidente, Ricardo Campos, will join the Always Loyal Podcast. We'll get the skinny. It's a state of San Diego loyal coming up on this week's episode. I believe this is the first penalty Tyler Derrick has faced this season. Vassell shot into the net, and Vassell has put San Diego on top, one nothing. Another week in the books, Darren. Here we go. The latest edition of the Always Loyal Podcast. I'm excited for this one. We have not chatted with Ricardo Campos quite yet. We have, uh, we have put in that request very early on. It has finally been approved. We're chatting it up with Ricardo. A lot of different things to talk about, not just this season, but I know... In today's podcast, we will talk about the roster itself. We'll talk about the future of the club. Um, I definitely have a few stadium questions. I'll throw Ricardo's way. So it should be a pretty fun episode today, Darren. I like it too. And there's always the never ending questions about merchandise. This is a club that seemingly turns out merchandise every week. There's something new. I went to the watch party this past weekend. Disappointing as the match result was, man, already you start seeing those new hats with the Tory green San Diego across the front. So people are quick to scoop up the merch. So anytime we can kick that around a little bit with Ricardo Campos, El Presidente, we're happy to take that opportunity. What has he been hiding that he hasn't been on this podcast yet? It's been too long as we approach the one-year anniversary of Ricardo being the president, named president for San Diego Loyal. Although that was on an interim basis last summer, then I think officially given that title towards the tail end of the season. But we are... 11, I don't know how to say this. Are we 11 34ths into the season or are we 11 33rds into the season? Yeah, I think that that's match, the clearest way of saying it. At home. <laughs> well, they still haven't rescheduled the home match against right. uh, who was Listen, it? El Paso. So we'll see if we'll see if Colorado we can Springs, play that excuse one. me. Yeah. They haven't rescheduled that yet. And I'm looking, there's a certain date on the calendar in July where they might be able to do that, but I know 11 in, whether it's 33 or 34, there were some questions about whether that would be a postponement or an outright cancellation. But I have a feeling it will be a postponement against switchbacks hmm. sometime in the month of July, Jordan. Interesting, interesting. Uh, you mentioned a watch party. It's a good time to promote the fact that there is another watch party this weekend. Uh, the official SD Loyal watch party is Saturday, May 28, 7.30 at Bluefoot Bar and Lounge. SD Loyal taking on LA Galaxy 2. Los Dos on the road, so you can watch it here in San Diego. Head to North Park Bluefoot Bar and Lounge. Um, Darren and I know that place very, very well, and that will be a very fun place to hang out and watch. Proper soccer pub in a proper soccer neighborhood in San Diego. That would be in North Park. Yes, you and I have had a little bit of fun there. Great food, dining options, so you can make a whole night of it. If you're not from or don't live near North Park, you can go and have a little bit of dinner. Bluefoot is even kind enough to let you bring some of your grub on in there. So terrific dining options. Lowest dose for the second time. First time, I think we'll see a opponent for the second time. And of course, continuing the road weary ways for San Diego loyal. Now this will be their seventh, seventh away match of the season so far and their 12th match overall. So that's a lot that that's, that's a lot going on. Those are a lot of airline miles. Those are a lot of hotel points. I hope somebody's cashing in here early on the season. Uh, Darren, quickly, because we did have a, a pretty lengthy conversation with the president. Any main takeaways from the 2-1 result against RGV? Uh, you mentioned you did go to the watch party. What was your main takeaway from that? 
from the match itself, I would say, uh, yeah, this is one of those, like, I hate VAR, I hate VAR, but man, I wish we had VAR because I'm not sure that the second goal for RGV ever actually crossed the line. There was nothing definitive. I suppose you have to defer to those that had eyes on the goal itself. So I don't want to come across like a homer, but man, it certainly was very inconclusive. I thought that seeing Coque Vegas save a penalty early on, seeing Kyle Vassell score a penalty in the first half, now continuing to lead the league in goal scored. It's sort of set up. I think, you know, for me, the the homer says, man, I'm not sure that that, that second goal ever actually went in for RGV. But then the flip side is you and I have seen this enough where Loyal drops points from a winning position. So, you know, it happened again. I still think that the road record overall, if you're, if you're saying that, you know, you're going to have to play as much outside of Torero Stadium as they have. A couple of wins, Tampa, Phoenix, couple of draws, um, you know, and a couple of losses given where they, they've been. You know, I, I still think it's pretty manageable what they've done. Um, but, yeah, I, I found myself saying, I, I don't know. That, did, that didn't look into me. But then again, I'm a homer who's drinking beer with a bunch of locals and chavos. Uh, I've been very consistent with my anti-VAR stance, and I plan to be consistent and not changing my mind, not flip-flopping on this. But I will tell you, Darren, that there are several times where the USL Championship tests my patience when it comes to VAR and wondering if we should actually have it. I'm still anti, but man, do they test it. They challenge that time and time again. Um, All right, let's get to the president. There's a lot to talk about. The season itself, the roster construction, uh, I'm going to ask Ricardo if they plan on making any midseason moves the same way they have in the previous years, or if there is a different approach this year, uh, a potential revenge game coming up as San Diego loyal goes to New York to take on New York Red Bulls too. That's something we can talk about with Ricardo. So let's get to it. The president of SD loyal joins us next. <laughs> Presidente, welcome into the Always Loyal podcast. It's taken us long enough to figure this out. Thank you for finally being available to us. Thank you. Thank you both. Um, Pleasure to be here. I've listened to every episode and wondering when I would get an invite. So I I appreciate you guys making some time. Okay. (laughs) I've been asking Ricardo. I'm jumping in. Darren, I'm sorry, but I'm jumping in right now. I've been begging Ricardo to record one of the commercials for the always loyal podcast since the beginning. And so it it hasn't happened. If it has happened, you would have heard it by now, but it hasn't happened. So what I'm going to do right now on the podcast, I'm going to ask Ricardo to say, Hey, this is Ricardo Campos, president, San Diego loyal. You're listening to the always loyal podcast. Can we do a commercial right now? Yes, we can. This is Ricardo Campos, president for San Diego loyal. You're listening to the always loyal podcast. Now, can you do that in Espanol and also in Portuguese? I want to hear. I want to hear Jordan say it first. <laughs> <laughs> Ricardo, thank you for being here. I just want to uh, confirm, if nothing else comes from this podcast, that at some point we will see San Diego Loyal back at Torero Stadium. Yes or no? True or false? A, a billion percent, and you're going to see it a lot. We're going to see it a lot in June, July, which is exciting. Um, you know, I. There's some things that you take for granted. And sometimes when you start the season, you just take games for granted, right? Like, you know, they're coming home away, whatever they'll be. But this eight week stretch without home games is painful. It's painful for, for us because this, this is what we do. This is what we love to do. 
is, is bringing those games to, to the fans. And I think eight games is an incredibly long time. So it's like June 11th will be um, home opener 2.0. Indeed. And I know, and such crazy circumstances too, right? Like of all of the weeks to have somebody on the schedule that goes through a COVID situation, it had to be the one week that y'all finally were scheduled to play back at home in the middle of a bunch of road matches and a bunch of way matches, right? Like, man, it just, it, it really, to your point, like it, it does feel like it's going to be opening day 2.0 again. How tough is something like that on players? I would think just to constantly be these road warriors. We know this is USL. I mean, this, you know, this, this there's a lot of commercial flights for these dudes out there having to go from point A to point B to, I'm, I would imagine that's probably a bit tough. No, hundred percent. And you know, this is, you know, a lot of people, when they compare different leagues, they forget about how big, how you know large the US is and how travel is a really big impact here. Uh, going to RGV is, is not quick. Sometimes it's easier for you to go to like New York or Miami because it's just direct, but RGV, there's, there's nothing direct there. And it's just a long time. And being on the road is really tough. Even from, from a competitive perspective, when you play that many games on the road, it's, you know, you tend to drop some points here and there. And so then having a bunch of home games, it creates that unbalance or imbalance in the schedule, uh, or on the table. And so it's unfortunate that we've had this number of games. I, we've done phenomenal, I think, on the road uh, in some challenging environments in Tampa and Phoenix. Uh, and then we feel like we've lost some points uh, on, on the road as well. But but the guys have showed up. And, you know, I think one of the things I love the most is seeing that white jersey on the road and seeing San Diego, like, being worn by the guys on, on the road. And so, um, but then coming home and having that many games back-to-back is also not good, right? Because you, like, you, you build that, that home, 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 and then you have to go back on the road and, it's almost like they have to re-educate, replan how how they create their routines when they're on the road. So you, you want to create a balance. You want two home, two away every every month, but it's just not how the cookie crumbled. And unfortunately, we're a little used to COVID the past three years of not having a normal season. So third one, third one in the works. Hmm. Uh, you're definitely involved when it comes to roster construction. What would you say from what you've seen so far is the biggest strength of the team? Well, I mean, I think one of the things that we wanted to do this year was certainly improve of what we've been building. And, you know, um, one, it's important that we don't just, you know, start from scratch every year. I think that's one of the challenges that you see a lot in, in the championship is that teams, ah, this isn't working. So you kind of get rid of everybody or most and just keep some small pieces and then rebuild again. We've been able to keep a really solid core of players who have done an amazing job and represented the club and really given their hearts for loyal. Um, and then adding some very key pieces this year has been amazing for us. I feel like we've improved at every part of the game and every section. Um, and obviously we've seen the results up front where we're scoring a ton of goals. Uh, and I think that's probably the most exciting part, uh, of, of what we've seen, the options that we have with when we're all healthy, like we were, um, this past weekend. It's great to see, great to see to have options and, and then the team get out there and, and provide some you know, challenging opportunities or, or ch- different challenges that the other team is going to face. And we're not kind of the same thing every time. And so I think that's, that's what I'm most excited about this. Do you expect uh, we've seen the club do this the first couple of years, make some moves in the middle of the season. Do you expect to do that again this year? I think you're always looking to improve the team. I think you're, you're a fool if you're not trying to improve the team, but, but we're a pretty good team right now. Uh, and so I don't think there's anything that I would say we're desperately looking for. It's uh, we're, we're a good deep roster and, you know, knock on wood, we'll stay healthy and, and get through this, this next couple of months here. 
We're uh, approaching the one-year anniversary where, uh, Ricardo, you were elevated to president of San Diego Loyal. What is the last year like for you? What's it been like? What is the best part about this? What have some of the uh, bigger challenges been? I realize this is a, a question that you could you know, certainly take for, for 15, 20. But like, how has it gone the last year? What's it, what's it been like for you here as president of this club? Ooh, that, that's a loaded question. Uh, for me, it, it, it means a lot to be in the position that I am. Um, I, as you all know, I'm from Brazil, but I consider myself a San Diego now. I've been here longer than anyone else. And this is the sport that I love, and I've fallen in love with this community. And so representing this club to me and, and the position that I, that, you know, thank you to, to Andrew and believing in, in, in me and giving me this opportunity is, is once in a lifetime type thing. Um, that's just from an emotional side from, from like a, a work side of it. It's, it's more than I thought it would be right. I, something that I say to people all the time, is like, you're dreaming of this role your whole life. And then, you know, you always think of like, Ooh, if I was president, I would do this. If I was president, I would do that. And then you're it. And it's like, shoot, what am I missing? What am I forgetting to do? Right. I think that's, that's the part that scares me the most is what I don't know. What am I missing? What am I not paying attention to with the staff, with the players, with the fans, with the season ticket holders, with the community, with venues, with training. Like, there's just so many factors that you have to play into this that uh, I, I, I just hope that I, I continue to do the right things, press the right buttons when, when needed. And, and I hope that people feel comfortable in bringing things up to me. I think that to me is um, incredibly important. That diversity of opinion and what we're trying to build is key to our success. I meant to ask this question to the, the president of the league when he was on. You, you touched on you know, where you're from, from Brazil. Here now feels more like home. But you know, it's, it's, it's another really sort of interesting, you know, overarching question about second division, lower division soccer. Why is it important? Because, you know, from time to time, people say, oh, well, you know, what do you think? You guys are going to make the jump to MLS someday. Or you know, why, is, why is lower division soccer important? It's how everything starts, right? Like, I think sometimes we, again, going back to taking things for granted, we will miss these days wherever this club goes, right? It's going to go somewhere. I know because of this community, this club is going to be incredibly successful. But we're going to miss the days that we're playing at Torero Stadium and it was intimate and it felt unique and it felt, you know, everything that, that we wanted, we're developing. It's, it's, you, you need that at all levels, right? You look at all different markets, you need that push. You need that, um, uh, gosh, what's it called? Uh, the story of like somebody who surprises the other team. And so I, I think just the development of soccer, sometimes we just want to rush it too much. And it's important for us to enjoy as things grow slowly, as it becomes unique, right? Have you been there? No, I haven't. I haven't heard of it before. You don't get that with, with major league sports. And I think with minor league, you, you, or, you know, second division soccer is, is you do get that. You get that unique experience and having that one-on-one -on -one relationship between fans, the, 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 the players, the staff. And I, you know, I, I just, I'm loving that part of it. And I think it's important for us not to forget it because it will go by fast before we know it. Who do you, uh, who do you rely on for advice? Like who do you reach out to just looking for advice, helping you looking to looking to grow? I think a lot of my former bosses have helped me with, with good and, and bad things to learn. And what I, who I reach out to the most is the people that are in this every day. So it's our leadership team. It's, it's Andrew, 
Um, it's other presidents in the league. I love traveling, been on the road, and I spent two hours with other team presidents, just pick their brain of what their challenges are. And a lot of things that I learned is how blessed we are with what we have. And sometimes, you know, people love to, oh, I wish we had this, I wish we had that. We have a lot of great things going for us, and we just have to stay focused on that. But I think when I need help, is we, I, we have an amazing team here uh, of people who care about this club and care about what we're doing. And so why not rely on them? Um, yeah, and then there's a couple of people who just been, you know, good mentors for me in my life that I, you know, once in a while we'll call and just get their sense for how to, how to deal with certain situations or just think about things a little bit differently. What was your first job in the sport? Well, that's a great question. So my first in soccer or in sports? Um, how about both? So in sports, uh, there was a, I don't even think it was a legitimate company, but there was a company who sold, <laughs> uh, Padres and angels tickets here in San Diego. As soon as I got out of college, and we used to go door to door and sold and sell like little packets of like five, six tickets. I know it's crazy, but honestly, as a shy person coming out of college that didn't like to talk to people that much, it was the best job I ever got. I wore a suit every day and just walk down the street on business to business and trying to sell groups to HR uh, departments. And it made me talk to people. It made me just, and look, I know nothing about baseball. I like, I didn't follow it that much. So I was doing my best. Needless to say, I didn't last very long, and I moved to New York uh, to get my internship with Major League Soccer. And that was your first so, job? First job in, that was, in sport? That was my first job in sports, yes. And what were you doing? For selling the tickets. That's You were selling tickets for Red Bulls? I was, no, for, for the podcast. No, no, no. What was your first job then in, in, in soccer? Oh, in soccer. In yeah. soccer. Oh, what so, were you doing? So my first job in soccer was consultancy. So I took a, an internship with MLS, and... Lucky for me, I speak Spanish and Portuguese. And then uh, they were having the Interliga tournaments, you know, first one of the first versions of whatever next cup is going to happen between MLS and, and Liga MX. And uh, I was a liaison for Morelia. That was the first consultant job aside from internship. That led to doing a unfortunate Barcelona tour. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, fortunate on, on the other side of it, I did a Pelé's tour here as well. So did a lot of those consultancy things. And then a full-time job was team admin for Red Bull, which is everything logistics, uh, travel, player, you know, when players arrive in town and getting that, that adjustment period. So that was my first full, full-time job, which I'm very thankful for because it allowed me to stay in this country um, and, and, and develop a career. Yeah, man, I bet you got a great story. All the uh, the Pele merchandise and autographs that you probably picked up. Uh, that's a tough one. Um, I'll share that one real quick. I I don't like taking pictures. I don't like asking for autographs. I like. I feel awkward about it. I can't explain why. But um, so I spent a whole week with Pele, and then at the end of it, um, he just turned to me and he's like, "You're not going to ask for anything." And I was like, well, if like, if you're offering, I had bought this 1950 Jersey that was super special to me uh, because it was authentic. It was like super thick, really cool Jersey. And so I had him like, you know, he made it to me, to Ricardo. Thank you, Pelé. But as life continued, uh, I had some tough financial situation, you know, not make a lot of money as an intern in New York. I had put it in storage and I um, didn't have money to pay my bills in storage. So they uh, auctioned my, my, my storage facility, my storage unit, and I lost the jersey. Till this day, I only have a picture of it. Somebody out there has a two Ricardo, thank you, Pelé jersey. 
Yeah. You were on Storage Wars? <laughs> I was not. My jersey was, which is the most painful part of this. Did you ever see it on television? No, I should watch a lot of those shows and find <laughs> I called the storage afterwards. Like it happened. I didn't even realize it happening because I, you know, I was subletting in New York, so I didn't get mail. Right. The mail came in way after email wasn't as, you know, it's not like today where you get text messages and mail from everybody you could think of. So things just didn't move that fast. And by the time I got it, it was too late. I called, I was like, please just give me the number. I just need this jersey. It's not going to be useful to anybody because it has my name on it. They're like, sorry, we can't share our private information, blah, 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 blah. All so, right. So you can have a choice. You can have that jersey back or uh, 2022 uh, USL Cup. Which one would you rather have? I, I live in the now, and I would take the <laughs> cup any day. <laughs> Speaking of, you guys just recently I can't dropped... believe that's how I found that Pele jersey a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> just cross it out. Changed, Jordan. Just, right, just cross it out. That's, yeah. you know. But yeah, there's a picture of it, and I think in my Facebook that I I did have it at some point in my life, but I don't even have a picture because I didn't take a picture. It's amazing. So speaking of, you guys just dropped some new merch. It feels like you guys are constantly turning things out. Like, what's on the horizon? What's what's next when it comes to merch? So that that's the goal. We we try to um, we try to really keep things fresh and doing new items. We don't go very deep, and that can frustrate people at times. But at the same time, we're always trying to find new things, and and our uh, you know. Megan Roger do an incredible job of finding new ways and new things to put out, working with some local, local artists. Uh, I'll break this one here that we have our third kit coming out next month, uh, middle of the month. It will be amazing. That is my favorite, um, but it's, it should be pretty exciting. It should be very exciting, actually. That one's your favorite? So you just said? It, it, it is for me. With that. It, it is wow. for me. It is for me. I, I love our middle of the game. month. I love the white one. Middle of the month. Middle of the month. Right smack in the middle of our games. Right mm. in the middle. So that means June nineteenth against Las Vegas. That's six one nine day. Boom. Father's Day as well. Hey. Oh, look at you and Father's Day. I like yeah. it. Well, well, It'll be a good day. It'll be a good day to be loyal. So they'll the the team will be wearing it, and that's the debut. That's the first time we'll see it. That's correct, sir. That's correct. That would be the first day. Uh, we'll launch it a couple of days before. before right. That. All right. Good stuff. I've heard the uh, Charlie kits, by the way, uh, that you guys anticipated that they would be wildly successful, but it somehow even exceeded your own expectations. Yeah, it's been amazing. It's funny, Charlie, you know, no offense to the other Charlie teams. They do a great job. But Charlie did tell mm -hmm. us they felt like this was one of the best jerseys they made, uh, all three of ours. Um and so, you know, we were, we were just playing it safe because you never know how things are going to go. And so we sold out of jerseys um, last month and we re reordered and mm -hmm. everything's going to be back in stock by the end of this week. So, you know, we're excited for that. It's a great problem to have to, to sell out of, of sizes and, and everything like that. So we're excited to have the home and away back and, and, and feel like it'll do well, especially getting ready for the uh, seven game home stretch that we have. Uh, I got a couple stadium questions for you. I saw there was some news with Midway Village Plus. What is the latest with that? So my understanding is um, that the city has chosen to keep the three top groups that they had selected before, which is great news. It's important to kind of be a little bit more concise in this project. We absolutely respect the city's um, kind of, you know, careful and cautious process that they're taking uh, through this. It's important to be thorough. This is a big decision for the city. Uh, and, and we really hope that they pick the best group, which we believe it to be Midway, Midway Village Plus. 
um, you know, when you look at the whole project, it's, it's a big project and housing is certainly most important there. Um, and there's a benefit for loyal in that, right. Eventually, but, but it is important that the community gets what, what they're really looking for. Anytime you talk about stadiums in San Diego, I think it's easy to compare it to kind of a, a puzzle. It, it, you have to like kind of just figure out how to unlock this thing. Would it be fair to say MLS is like a piece to that puzzle? Like how does MLS fit into this puzzle that we have trying to figure out what the stadium situation is for Loyal? So, I mean, I think we stay focused in what we're trying to do, right? And we, we can't think about, about MLS and, and what, 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 what they want. Uh, I think we have to focus on growing and, and being a reflection of the community. And, and that's where we play as well. And so we have to look at all options. We've had an amazing three years at, uh, unfortunately, one of them was without fans most of the time, but we've had an amazing three years with, with USD. Uh, and we continue to talk to them. We've had conversations with Snapdragon as well. And San Diego State, we've built, you know, are building a beautiful stadium over there. And we have to have the option of having our own. And that's Midway Village Plus and, and, and Midway is, is our closest opportunity to that. Like you said, it, it's a puzzle. It's tricky. We have to look at the pros and cons that they all have. Uh, there's some really good pros and really some, good, some really bad cons on, on all of them. Um, it's not easy to build and, you know, San Diego is a tricky city. You can't just, you don't want to just go build anywhere. Um, you have to find the, the right spot that, that, that feels inclusive and feels, um, like within range for everybody. It's a big County. It's very, you know, split up. Everything is 20 minutes away, but, uh, people just don't like to travel outside of that 20, 25 minutes. So we have to make sure we're central enough for that. So as of right now, do you know where loyal will be in 2023? We have some ideas, but I uh, that one I'm not breaking yet. Okay, but do you know, <laughs> or do you not? Know? Or is it still I, too I, early to know. It's it's still too early to know. The puzzle. Okay. We're still looking at the pieces to exactly figure out which one we're putting down. All right. Are we? But we are. But we have confirmed this on the on the Always Loyal podcast. We are playing again at Torero Stadium in 2022. Absolutely, <laughs> we're playing in two weeks, <laughs> June 11th, June Hartford. 11th against Hartford. Um, I just want, I wanted to bring up the open cup. What did you think of the open cup experience first time through it? I love the open cup. So with my time at Red Bull, we had some ugly games and some different tough places, but I, I think it's the beauty of going back to the importance of second division, third division, lower league soccer. It's, it's a beautiful thing to give other players the opportunity to stand out, show themselves to compete at, against better players. Um, I wish our schedule wouldn't have been so condensed against the lake. Cause I think we had a better shot than, than, you know, to, to win that game. So I, I think that the open cup needs to be celebrated. And I, I do like that. It is growing. It is becoming a, a bigger thing. U.S. soccer has done a good job of, you know, building more around it. I think there's always more work that you can do there because for example, I'll say this, I think the lower seed or the lower division team should always host if they can right? Because that's a real benefit that those teams have. And a lot of these major teams, they don't, not that they don't care yet, but they kind of know they'll get through it and their stadiums are too big. They're not going to be able to fill. So I, I think that's one of the things that give, give the lower league team right. a, an, an advantage, a little bit of an advantage. So I, I would love to see that as a, as a rule instead of um, anything else. Right. Plus guys- it, it means more to the lower division club. hundred percent, hundred percent. That could be the biggest match of the season. Right. Right. Would you guys do anything differently from things you can control? You can't always control where that game's going to be played. No, I don't think we would have done anything differently. I mean, we focused on that game. It was clear uh, on our roster against Louisville that we were focused on the Galaxy game. 
Right. Um, and so I think our guys did their best and, and I think, you know, we're proud of what, what, how they played and what they put out there, but you, but you could tell they were tired. Uh, we, we played a lot of games leading up that I think it was seven or eight games in 30 days. That's a very heavy load for, for, for any athlete. So, mm -hmm. and it was at so. the very end of it. Plus there were a lot of injuries to deal with that night. Right. right. I remember sitting, you know, sitting at the, uh, at the game and looking at five players sitting in front of me that easily could have been starters in that game. Mm -hmm. It's tough to see. Yeah. And, and here comes, you know, Chicharito in the second half. Right. Right, Pretty exactly. Awesome. That's their sub. So I'll take Vass or uh, uh, Among over Chicharito any day, though. All right. How about that? I like well, it. Right on that note. <laughs> I like Thank it. you, Ricardo. What about Mbappe? Loyal in the race for Mbappe? Or no? <laughs> what about Messi? Nah, Apparently he's coming nah. over the States. Yeah. As, as you can imagine, I'm not right? the biggest Messi fan. Is there a, there, I mean, technically there's a possibility that Loyal play Messi in a couple of years. We could in the open cup. open cup final. Yeah. Loyal versus enter Miami. Yeah. There's a we'll scenario where that, that exists. That could happen. Hopefully we get to host it. We should, it would mean more to us. Right. I'm with you. That'd be a great game. Boy, I wouldn't sign him for loyal though. Cause he's from Argentina. <laughs> I was wondering why we never no, see are, any Argentines some, on this roster. That's that's not true. Uh, there are some wonderful Argentinians uh, and there are some wonderful Brazilians. It's just a, a beautiful rivalry that we have. This is true. All right, Ricardo, we do. Rivalry is a beautiful you. thing. Yes, it is. Especially like an irrational one too. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like who do you irrationally hate in the USL? Rationally or irrational? You're just like, I hate those guys. I mean, I think there's rationale for everything. But, okay. Um, Who do you hate? Okay. Uh, no, I mean, look, there's a little bit of a chip on my shoulder with Red Bull, so I'm excited for that game. Excited to go play there. Um, but that's it's just different. That's personal. Uh, for the team, I love the rivalries that we're building with 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 Phoenix and Orange County. I think it's it's fun. I think as long as we all keep it safe and fun, it's it's good to have those games that mean a little bit more beyond just the game, right? It's beyond just three points. Uh, I hope naturally we can build a cup around that, you know, it'd be a fun thing to do. Hmm. Interesting. An idea. But is Orange County really worth the effort? I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but we still want to beat him. Thank you, Ricardo. <laughs> Thank you, Ricardo. Thank you both. Thank you both. This is Ricardo Campos, president for San Diego Loyal. You're listening to the Always Loyal podcast. How about that commercial from Ricardo? Sounded so good. Let's take a look at the Western Conference standings presented by the Bright app, the world's leading platform for personal training. It's available on the App Store and Google Play. Let's look at those standings, Darren. All right. Well, let's look at the Western Conference standings. Colorado Springs, Switchbacks, Football Club, nine matches played, 24 points. Level on points with San Antonio Football Club, top two in the West. San Diego Loyal. Third on the table, 11 matches played, 20 points, followed by Phoenix Rising, El Paso, Las Vegas. And a big one for RGV this past weekend, picking up all three points, elevates them into a playoff position, sitting seventh. Loyal next take on LA Galaxy coming up this Saturday. Galaxy is ninth on the table, 14th points. Hmm. But everything's all bunched up. We've talked about this. There's going to be a lot of separation here as we're heading into Memorial Day weekend and getting into June and then July and August. It's going to be a long summer. So looking at the table here today, man, who knows what it's even going to look like in two weeks, 
nonetheless what it's going to look like in two months because you've got uh, not a ton of separation from about fourth to 12th between Phoenix and Oakland there. There's only a six-point gap, and there's like nine clubs in the middle of that mosh pit of the Western Conference standings, Jordan. The only teams in the West with better chances to win the championship this year, Colorado Springs and San Antonio. That according to the 538 website. Phoenix, um, 4% chance. Loyal with a 5% chance. That has flip-flopped. So SD Loyal looking pretty good there with the uh, the analytics approach, I guess. A 5% chance. But yeah, Colorado Springs and San Antonio. That matches what the standings say as well. So you got San Antonio and Colorado above them. But I know lately the results probably aren't exactly what you're looking for, but you're still sitting so comfortably where you are during a long road stretch, knowing you get a bunch at home coming up with opportunities to play Colorado. You got to feel good with the spot that they're in. It's an interesting thing, right? To look at like the six different away matches and say, wow, okay. You know, here are the six opponents. Loyal has two wins, two draws, and a couple of losses. Like if you didn't know anything, like, like how would you, how would you guess that that would have broken down? And you might not guess Phoenix and Tampa would be the two wins and that the two losses would be Tulsa and RGV. Now, whether that speaks to travel, whether that speaks to elements, conditions, weather, I have no idea. Motivation, like who could, who could, who could predict such a thing that your two away wins would be against Tampa and Phoenix and your two away losses would be against RGV and Tulsa. And then your draws would be Oakland and New Mexico. And of course we remember what happened there allowing goals in the 94th minute, never a great thing, never a great thing when that sort of stuff happens. So that's how you ended up dropping points in those two. So just been a little bit of a mixed bag trying to figure out, you can't quite put your finger on what it is and and how it is that this club is set up when it plays outside of Torero stadium. Darren, before we say goodbye, let's uh, briefly chat about what Ricardo had to say. Asked him about potentially making a move in the middle of the season. That's something we've seen Loyal do uh, every single year so far. Um, we got the indication from Nate Miller before the, I don't know, had the season already kicked off? He joined us very early on in the Always Loyal podcast. Uh, he straight up said that this is a new approach for us. We want players that are not going to be in and out. It it sounds like that change will also impact the potential signings in the middle of the season. I didn't get the impression that Ricardo or the club were very close to making any kind of move happening. If anything, they, they seem quite comfortable with the way it's played out. Yeah. I mean, I I think that, you know, the way I always interpreted that was, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to be in the business of bringing in guys that we rely on only to find out that, you know, somebody gets injured, let's say, on a training field in Columbus and all of a sudden the dynamics of our club are changed dramatically because, you know, here goes our, our starting center back here goes our leading goal scorer, things along those lines. So to me, I, I interpreted that as a little bit more of if we can find some good squad depth, you know, borderline starter, you know, perhaps that's a move that we make, but yeah, I, I just got the sense that, that relying on guys. And then also the second part of it too was right. Like what happened at the end of last season with guys like Augie Williams and, and Douglas uh, Martinez, like, you know, like you sort of were obligated to start certain guys and it just, it kind of created a little bit of an imbalance with the squad. So mm-hmm. I think they're always on the lookout for depth. No doubt. If there's an opportunity, I don't doubt for a single second that this club will be on the, on the lookout for such a thing. Yeah. And if you're looking for it, you can find areas to improve the squad. Yep. There's no doubt, but I, I mean, I, I just didn't get the sense that you would have to, you have to go find like a Miguel Barry right now and try right. to like 
shake up the season. That it's it's a very different feel this year compared to what what they've done the last couple of years. All right, pretty good. I thought we got to a lot a lot of stuff there with Ricardo. That was fun. I'm glad we did that. Yep, and of course, uh, a nice little tease there on a a new kit coming out at some point this summer. Third a third shirt. Six one. I'm assuming six one nine day. Did he officially say that? I don't know. He said right in the middle. So based on that math, that's mm. it seems to make sense. As I said, with the amount of those new hats that I just saw at the watch party this past weekend, <laughs> I expect those things are going to go flying off the shelves too. Yeah. Are those available? I need to drive down there today. I got some time. Maybe go I'll do it. that. Maybe I'll just do show a little up. shopping. Should I just show up? Well, I wish I look good shop. in a hat, man, because that's the, the hat that I want to wear. Yeah. I'm just going to show up to Ricardo's office today and hang out with him. Do it. All right, I'm on my way.